Today we are back with Marvel's Mightiest Mutant, the X-Men, the beloved X-Men, the, the, the former heavyweight world champion of all of comic books, and the X-Men were never more popular, more beloved than under the pencil, under the illustrative guidance of one Mr. Jim Lee. Never more popular. Have you, have you wondered, have you ever considered what would it be like if Jim Lee came back, he returned to the X-Men for an all-new experience, a, a, a new run? Would your heart, could your heart handle it? Would your head explode? Well, you don't have to wonder that any longer. I'm going to tell you what went down and how close Jim Lee came to returning to the X-Men. And and uh, and we're going to discuss all of that on the most cleverly uh, titled episode from Jim Lee to Plan B on an all-new episode of Observations. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Observations. Here at Observations, we are obsessed with comic books. I've been obsessed with comic books my whole life. Superheroes, sci-fi, all of it. So much of it I experienced first and the most in, in comic books before I went and saw Star Wars, 1977, when I was nine years old. I had already been into comic books. Comic books, superheroes, Spider-Man, Justice League, Avengers, X-Men. Never, ever imagining that they would go on to be, you know, top cartoons like the X-Men was in the 90s or the giant 10-year decade run uh, that, that the MCU had that, that just really came together so wonderfully and ended in 2019 with Endgame. Obviously, the X-Men films in the early 2000s for me and the, and the Spider-Man movies at Sony really set the stage. But here are observations. We take it all the way back. We take it back to the original comics coming off those spinner racks, the way that I was getting them at all of my little distribution outlets. And I've talked about it um, in the 70s as a kid, pulling them off the spinner racks at the liquor store, the 7-Eleven, the, 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 the grocery market, because comic books were everywhere. They were literally at gas stations, at grocery stores, at, 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 at mini marts. Uh, they were really easy to encounter. And they, they, they were, when we do road trips, you know, my parents, I, I've, I've talked before, my, my dad was a, a minister. We didn't, we didn't fly anywhere until I was 16 years old. It was all uh, driving, driving to Arizona, driving to Nevada, driving to New Mexico. Those were the big, long summer trips. That's how we did vacations, uh, pretty, pretty strapped for cash. Both my parents worked and, and my escape uh, when we were on those long road trips were those comic books. So if this is your first encounter with Rob's Observations, my name is Rob Liefeld. I have been making comic books since 1986. That's when I was hired. I, I did a ton of work in small press comics, whether it was Malibu comics or Megaton comics. I eventually went big time in 1987, uh, 18 years old, got hired by Marvel Comics, shot out like a rocket. Uh, did 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 an immediate you know few jobs for them got a got a big break on a miniseries at DC Comics called Hawk and Dove, the same Hawk and Dove that eventually made their way onto the uh, HBO Max Titan series uh, with Minka Kelly playing Dove and Alan Richardson. Now everyone knows him as Reacher, but he was playing Hawk, and, I, and I'm aware he was the first Aquaman on, on Smallville, and he's uh, been been in so many different series, and and, and obviously he was in uh, one of the fast in the Furious movies last summer, huge, amazing guy. Got to, got, I had the good fortune of meeting Alan, and uh, just it's so great to see that that Alan and Minka brought Hawk and Dev to life. But that was my first big kind of breakthrough in eighty seven, eighty eight. So I have seen the comic book industry from the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, the twenty tens. Now we're in the twenty twenties. Across, I've had my foot in in five different decades across thirty eight years. So when it comes to comics, I've been around the block. I've seen some stuff. I've done some stuff. I've accomplished some stuff. Uh, I created some characters, Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, uh, started Image Comics with uh, six of my peers, launched the very first Image Comic, Youngblood, April of 1992, uh, helped that comic book company become the number two comic book company in August of 1992. So uh, it, it's been a great career. I love it. I started talking about comics on this podcast 
during the pandemic, uh, born of, I've said many times, abject loneliness, uh, I decided to recount my own history with comics. And it, it, is, it, it has found uh, you. It has found you, the audience of you. And I am so thankful that you listen and that you make time for this show and that you uh, are, are just uh, so enthusiastic and, and share your enthusiasm for comic books along with me during and through this show. We have got a great show for you today. I think you're going to totally dig it. This is the kind of stuff that we talk about, my peers and I, when we play uh, telephone. When we get on the telephone and we talk and we exchange what's going on. Uh, Everybody in the business is watching everybody else in the business. And, And that goes for the entertainment business too. Everybody in the movie and the film and the TV streaming business is watching everybody else in the movie streaming business. Who's in who's in business with who? Uh, what company is doing what? What streaming network bought what? Okay, and and you move the pieces accordingly. You know, uh, if my son had not gotten into acting, I'd be even more uh, open in regards to certain studios. But now I've got a uh, I've got a kid. 20 something young man who's uh had some great breaks and uh and 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 has done series work uh films he's got a new film by the way Chase Liefeld is uh in a movie with Lucy Hale called which brings me to you it opens January 19th the hell yes I'm going to push my kids movie he's in the trailer uh and then they they did a new trailer for uh New Year's Eve said who who are you going to be kissing at midnight and there he is uh, kissing Lucy Hale in the first uh, the first frame, and uh, he filmed that about a year ago. So it's great that it's coming out. It's going to get a theatrical release. But bottom line, one of the studios that I felt like I could always uh, talk without any just fear of ramification whatsoever was Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers does not have any interest in making uh, anything from my catalog. They are completely interested in making their DC comic stuff, getting more Batman movies, getting Superman right. Uh, you know, now James Gunn's there and he's got a new plan, but it's still focused on DC comics and they're not really looking for any other comic book stuff. So, so when I say they're, we're, we're all watching each other, well, I know that when I'm creating a project, it's, it's not going to find traction at Warner Brothers for, for the most part. Now, It'll be interesting. I got to be honest. Maybe by late winter, early spring, I'll be. We'll all know of a big new project of mine, and that may be. Uh, and it's one I've been sitting on for a year. It was really extended due to the strike, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it, we'll see how it how it plays out. It, it, it could. It's the. It's it's one of those rare only occasions that it could land at, at Warner Brothers, but. And it's because of all the the talent that's involved, but we'll, we'll we'll see. For the most part, you know, prior to my son getting into acting, and I'm like, oh crap, I can't have his his dad can't be, you know, mouthing off and and being, you know, saying things that 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 people could take out on him. So I have mostly got to be on my best behavior all the time, which is easy because look, I like to find the positive and stuff and celebrate what we like. Uh, the negative stuff sours really quickly, and there's it's it's just not as fun. Uh, I, I just, I just like sharing comic books, comic passion with you guys. And as I was saying, people are watching everybody. Everybody is watching each other in all aspects of the entertainment business, music, film, streaming, television, games, comic books. So what, what we're going to crack the door and let you in on today is some of the stuff that, that, that has been burning up. Uh, this, 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 it, if everything goes as planned, this episode is very cleverly called from Jim Lee to plan B and you're, and you're going to see, see why in just a minute. Okay. You're going to see why in just uh, a second, but I want to revisit the, the last episode I did with, which was called the alpha. And I talked about a period of time in the comic book industry when there were so many creatives who were just going out of their way to assert themselves. And and it wasn't enough to just draw the comic. They wanted to write the comic too. And and I can go down and I can give you, can I give you 10? I'm going to give you 10. I'm going to give you Walt Simonson, Frank Miller, John Byrne, George Perez. Walt Simonson, John Byrne, 
uh, wait, wait, Walt Simonson, John Byrne, George Perez, Frank Miller, Howard Chaikin, there's five. Then then I can go to uh, Jim Starlin, there's six. Neil Adams, there's seven. Jack Kirby, there's eight. And, and these are just the people I grew up and and, and they inspired me. Uh, and, and Dan Jurgens, there, there's nine. And let's say Jerry Ordway, there's 10. There's, see, I was able to name 10 pencilers that went on to become writers and craft their own futures, their own characters, their own path, their own stories. And the alphas have, have largely, as far as I'm concerned, the alphas have, have, have left the building. And when you say, well, really, what do you mean when you say that? And, and, and here's the easiest way, because there's been a lot of dialogue. You guys are so great. After each and every episode, you guys open up so many different lines of communication. I, I've told you guys, I am on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. I am on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. Uh, I, I have a Facebook group, Rob Liefeld, uh, Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the name of the Facebook group. So many of you guys uh, and, 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 and gentlemen and, and ladies, and we, we, we speak on all these different platforms and you're always so open in, in, in reacting. And some of you really understood uh, what was being communicated in, in the Alpha podcast. But here's what I would ask you in the last 20 years, who, what talent have you seen that absolutely could not be stopped and had to completely take over? They couldn't just draw the head to write and they did it monthly and they created a body of work that, that, that came out over an extended period of time, not six issues, not eight issues. They, they took over and they put their imprimatur, they, they, they put their, their, their mark on that comic. Tell me who that is. Who am I missing? You know, we, 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 we've got a couple guys who are doing four or five issues, but I'm like, who is this force of nature who's like, I can't be stopped until my entire vision is being enacted. And that is what I'm talking about in regards to the alpha. I talk about my own peer group, Todd McFarlane, myself, Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, uh, Jim Valentino, uh, you know, Dale Keown, Larry Stroman even. Come on, was, he was killing it on, on X Factor and he came over and he did his own image comic and he, and he, and he, and he saw that vision through uh, uh, you know, himself. There, there was just no shortage. Mike Grell is another guy I could have made to, 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 to say 11. It was just, just the people that inspired me. I, I named Wendy Peeney and her in, in, just incredible ElfQuest work. But that is what, what I'm speaking of when, when I was speaking of the, the, the age of the alpha and, and, and how the alpha has, has gone semi-missing. But look, today, let's open the door. Let's walk through it together from Jim Lee to Plan B. What the hell am I talking about? So last summer, San Diego Comic-Con Marvel announced that they would be pivoting away. They, they showed some mysterious images, but the, and, and they made some announcements. And there were some people who just couldn't believe, wait, they're, they're leaving the, what we've called the Krakoan age behind. And, and honestly, that, that they stayed a little too long in the dance for my taste. And I'm going to tell you why. I've actually really analyzed an, uh, uh, the, the, the entire House of X phenomenon. You are welcome, as always, to vehemently disagree with me. That's fine. That's great. House of X, Power of X, the, the Jonathan Hickman uh, era would have been best suited as a one-year-long event. Whether it was akin to Heroes Reborn or Age of Apocalypse, uh, just a series of books, a, a new exploration, a new set of rules. Because here's the deal. They reset so much that was very unique to mutant kind. They reset it. Uh, that It drastically changed the entire approach. The, the mutants went from being hated and feared, oppressed, to being... Uh, a, a ruling class and as i said I, I, they eventually were terraforming a planet that they were going to occupy that is not the x-men that has met with so much success across the decades it's not the x-men that i grew up uh loving and and celebrating and it's not the x-men that uh jim lee took to unprecedented sales numbers and it, i think it would have been fantastic had it been a one-year event but I think quickly they they lost their footing. They being the the, the creative vision, uh, look, and it kind of got kneecapped early on. If you look back, and uh, there was an element that was going on with Maury McTaggart, and it was quickly called out because uh, the, the the author, Mister Hickman himself, uh, of this House of X vision, had spoken of his fondness for this uh, 
that that this book the uh the the 13 lives uh it was written by Claire North which isn't even her real name uh and and it dealt with this kind of reincarnated time traveler uh look I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to get the actual title uh because you you know me I, I I put all the research into each and every episode to make them extra special but you, if you were to google uh during this time shortly after this came out and I remember watching certain uh retailers oh my gosh this is the greatest and I had uh already read the book so I was really almost painfully aware uh that 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 there were there were these similarities and that's fine look you can look at cable and say rob you you were inspired by the terminator yes and the six million dollar man the very first cyborg of my age uh people my age it was it was lee major and it wasn't just the television show that i tried to catch as often as i could i I, i've confessed here on the show how i would light a thermometer and make myself ill so that i had to stay home from sunday night services so i could see six million dollar man which aired on sunday nights i had to see lee majors fight sasquatch i had to you know see him save the liberty bell i had to see him you know battle the evil fembots uh steve lee majors was like my guy the bionic right arm, the, the eye. I mean, again, you, you kind of look at cable and, that, and it all fits for you. It all comes together because I'm wearing my influence on my, on, my, on my sleeve. Neil Adams did a bunch of covers for a $6 million man magazine that I just cons- was consumed by, just absolutely consumed by when I was uh, growing up. So I, I had $6 million comic books, $6 million comic book magazines, the black and white magazine. Charlton did the, I think it was Charlton, did the color uh, version. Joe Staten did uh, a, a, an artist that later went on. He did E-Man, he did Green Lantern, just a lot of great stuff, just an amazing talent. He did uh, some some extensive work with $6 million man. So did, again, Neil Adams doing these incredible uh, paintings. And I think his studio did such, put out some of the uh, the, the work that was associated with the Six Million Dollar Man magazine uh, uh, comic book strips, and when you look at those, you can see, you know, very clearly where I got cable. You can't really in this era uh, jump, skip, skip past like Lee Majors and Six Million Dollar Man, and, and and I've watched Lee Majors and the cast of a Six Million Dollar Man on on some of their documentary footage. That came with their box set, and the, and they they feel the same way. Like like James Cameron, come on, man, you don't get to where you're at without our show. And I and I think I think they're just being very uh, blunt and very correct. And and I mean, I I hundred percent agree with that assessment. And it certainly informed and affected the work that I did on cable. And I've always been a hundred percent, you know, uh, uh, on the money with that. So as far as Lee Major, Six Million Dollar Man, Cable, obviously, I mean, I mean, come on, when you match the eye and the arm right there. You can see six million dollar man, big big influence on me. So Claire North, which is the name of the author, I think it's a it's a it's not the real name of the author. That she she has got an, another name, uh, but Claire North, who was tweeting at the time, uh, says feels like a ripoff right now, and I'd be curious to know where the line of honoring uh, what you do and are you kidding lies falls and. Uh, she wrote the first 15 lives of Harry August. And after I read it, I gave it to my wife to read. And then I gave her those books. And look, at the time, there was um, the, the defense was, hey, man, this is like t- time traveling stories that had been done on Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and Groundhog Day, except the stuff that was happening in the pages of X-Men with Maury McTaggart was not Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, and Groundhog Day. It, it, from, from what I could tell, in my opinion, having seen both there was stuff that was very very much closer to harry august so this is this is happening in early august of 2019 and there's um you know uh uh there's the the websites bleeding cool covered this and comic book comic com uh covered this and 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 again uh, if you've never lived, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a page turner. It got option for a movie. I'm sure it's still coming. The first 15 lives of Harry August by Claire North is brilliant. And again, the uh, Mr. Hickman was on record as saying this was one of his favorite books several years before that it was a summer read. He gave an interview years before doing this 
and citing this. So then you get down to it and you go, well, these are, these are similar. So, so I, I, what I believe is that the Harry North stuff uh, got kneecapped. I'm, I'm sorry, the, 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 I believe the, uh, the, the, the Maureen McTaggart stuff got kneecapped as a result because Claire North was being very vocal. And, uh, I'm telling you, she had a, uh, she had a, uh, you know, a, a, a movie deal. And, 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 and when that happens, agents, everybody kind of move to protect. And maybe there were, maybe there were letters exchanged or whatever. I, I just believe that Maureen McTaggart never was revisited in that way for, for a long time. And, and that was the head of steam that was happening, um, with house of X also, again, going to Kirkoa and becoming, uh, uh, there, there was an early storyline with three old ladies, uh, <laughs> were they supposed to look like the golden girls, um, studying the flora and the fauna. And they, I think they had some kind of plant name, but here I am, I'm looking at comicbook.com. Uh, Hickman responds to house of X plagiarism accusations, uh, bleeding cool. So, so this was going on. And I think, I think, I think, um, uh, Hickman replies to similarities. Uh, between the two, uh, House of X, Harry August. Look, it 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 uh it got away pretty quick, and 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 without kind of that, which I think was was something that was really turning people on in the second issue of House of X with uh or House of Ten. I don't know what what, what are we talking. Uh, that stuff got grounded with Moria McTaggart. It 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 seemed to be sidelined, and uh, then it was all about going to Krakoa. It was all about uh. You know, um, 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 eventually, you know, them becoming the ruling class where you're new gods. Now, we've, we've covered this when this was first announced. Uh, bottom line, that's all being uh, pivoted away from as Marvel looks to put the X-Men in a new, uh, give it either return to a familiar foundation, reboot, whatever. As I, as I record this, I think it's called the fall of the House of X or has has been has been uh, released and and they are starting to clean up the corners of that as they pivot to something new. So what do you do if you're going to pivot to something new? What are you going to do if you're going to pivot to something new? And I'm going to tell you what you're going to do is you're going to get the very best people available to kind of uh kind of set 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 a new standard and 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 in all honesty who's a bigger name to approach than the guy who's got the biggest numbers ever with the x-men the guy who to this uh fan base going back to me in the comic store a couple weeks ago as i wait to get my my, my son and then the 50 and the 40 somethings who are carrying the comics industry with their credit cards and their uh their their, their hefty purchases I, I i talked to you guys about the junior high kids six seven of them came in backpacks on and look, I'm sorry I didn't go out of my way to tell you that this store has a killer manga selection. My store that I came up with, Tustin Tunes and Toys, has been around since 1986. So we are closing in on 40 years with this store. Um, it's been around. It's survived. It's seen all the different moves, all the different stuff. Um, it's a great store. It has toys. It has a great selection of trades hard hardbacks omnibuses back issues new comics it's one of the best stores in the country and one of the best stores in southern california period and it is run extremely well and kudos to all my buddies over there and 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 management and ownership you're all fantastic they have manga that, that somebody immediately said, well, Rob, I, I listened to this alpha thing and what you're talking about, and I'm not sure that they're catering. No, they're catering just fine. They, they have supplies. They're a full service store. Uh, manga is not the answer also to what's going on in the comics industry. But when I saw these kids come in and they went in the back and I told you, they looked at Spider-Man comics, they looked at some Deadpool comics, they gathered, they talked, they wandered around, they did a full loop of the store and they all walked out. The store is a is 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 something they're aware of. They know it exists. They came in with great comfortability. It wasn't the first time they were in there. Hey guys, check this out. Oh yeah, I'm looking at this. And left. Didn't spend a dime. That store is being like many stores held af- afloat by the buying power of let's say 38 to 56. 
maybe slightly younger, maybe slightly older. That age loves their comics. They want the comics that they loved to be uh, exciting. And they are looking for that same organic experience that we all ex- had when we were coming up when, when, when Frank Miller you know, said, hey, Roger McKenzie, you're great. I, can, I think I can be better. And, and I, it's hard to argue that he was not, in fact, better. Uh, John Byrne, Todd McFarlane, the, the, the alphas as they took over and they created organic experiences, organic storytelling, organic consequences. So the X-Men is pivoting away from, again, I, I believe it would have been the greatest one-year, uh, you know, kind of experience, event. And, and when you go, if, if there's four or five books, just like Age of Apocalypse, which maybe those all went six issues, four issues. So, so with these, you go 12 and you have five, six, I mean, you, you would have gotten a lot of material. Maybe squeezed every ounce of juice and, and, uh, and, and, and it would be ripe to return to because it left us feeling so good. But the bottom line is the reason that they are pivoting away is because that has run its course with uh, the, 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 the fans. If you go to the stores, talk to the retailers, the, the X-Men books have stalled. They've stalled out. They've, they've ran their course and they ran their course like in the year one process, in year one. So now it's time for this creative reboot. And so what I'm about to tell you, what I, what I told you when I began this is this is the stuff that we're talking about on the phones that other peers, my professional, hey, did you hear this? Hey, did you hear this? Hey, and here's the other thing. You got to remember, I live in Southern California. I've been born and raised. I've lived here my entire life. So my uh, sister-in-law is in the entertainment business. My uh, former brother-in-law is in the entertainment business. Both of my wife's sisters are in, uh, are, 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 are former actresses. Uh, my, my uh, sister-in-law, who many of you saw as Tori Scott on Saved by the Bell, went on to produce a bunch of kick-ass movies in the early 2000s. She is a uh, really g- great taste and, and had a run of great movies that she made with all sorts of incredible talents. But I'm a Cheerleader is a, is a, is a great movie. Leanna uh, Creel produced that and, and was on, on set uh, the, the entire time. That There's so many of these uh, six-string samurai, another one. And there's another, you know, five, six. And, and Kate Hudson, great, great young talent, uh, re- really, really interesting time in her life as she was, as she was doing this. Um, I have been working in the entertainment business, agents, managers, people who I knew that started off as assistants to agents are running major corporations right now, major billion dollar corporations. And they're my buddies and they buy comics and they like comics and they buy art. And I've got producer buddies and they're making, you know, they've, they, they've made movies that you've seen. We're trying to make movies together, but we have tethers. Um, my family is is very much uh, in and around the business. So there are people that up in Burbank and in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills that I, I know I'm friendly with and everybody talks. And so w- some of what I'm going to share with you today is uh, is the stuff that, that those people have been saying. So Jim Lee is at DC Comics right now. I'm not sure when he his current deal because around the pandemic remember when they did that giant purge and they let so many people go uh for, first they canned didio early in 2020 then the pandemic came and then probably by spring or summer of that year uh that they, they they let i don't want to say a number but they let a lot of people go and then junior execs got uh you know advanced to to you know more prominent positions and assistant editors became editors and group editors. And so we've got this infrastructure. I, I, I'm not sure. All I know is Jim has been there for, has, has he been there 25 years? It feels like, is it 23? Is it 25? It's somewhere. It's, it's over 20. It's been a long time. And he has not drawn the X-Men uh, since, since the crossover. The, the, I'm, not, I'm not saying a commission. I'm saying printed X-Men work. Marvel work. He has been a DC guy. So I know from my uh, people on 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 the Marvel side, uh, some people who aren't there anymore, but who were there when this was happening, and then the executives that Jim has met with, because Jim is 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 absolutely one thousand uh, percent 
examining a life beyond DC Comics. I just don't know when that is. I don't know if that's two more years or what. I know that the contract was, uh, w- w- there was an opening in the contract. And again, so, so I can get you 10 people. I can get 10 people to 100% verify this because when it was going on, there were other moving pieces and people being called and asked and solicited and ideas. And so Marvel did the right thing. They went to Jim Lee. They saw there was an opening. There was a chance. He's in between. He's in negotiations. And look, nothing's better in a negotiation than knowing that the number one entertainment company, which at, at that time is Disney, which is Marvel, is is knocking on your door and wanting to pry you away from, I don't know, is Warner Brothers number two, number three, you know, another top entertainment company. So this was this this is the position that you absolutely want to be in. And I don't believe that Jim Lee's legend is ever going to be bigger than the legend that he has with X-Men. So Marvel, and I'm telling you this, uh, let's call it last spring, uh, their exit plan, as they knew that they were exiting out of the Krakoan age, was to put all their eggs in the Jim Lee basket. And wouldn't you? I would. Uh, it is the move. It is the go-to move. It is the, the best move. There's no better move. The guys my age who grew up and we love John Byrne and we love Terry Austin and that stuff has a really special place uh, in our, in our, you know, comic book uh, hearts and, 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 and lore and memories. Well, we, we've kind of aged out of that. Those guys who are at the comic store who are uh, 50 were 20 when, when the Jim Lee stuff was coming out that the 40 somethings were, were 10, 12. Um, I've I've mentioned the long runs and the bonds that were created and Jim Lee's X-Men is, uh, it is representative. It is a representation of an age that, that is favored. And that is that, that 90s stuff. Uh, I, I, I speak of it, uh, very, very close and up close and and personal and with great knowledge. Cause obviously I was there and I was in the X office and Jim had, I thought the stuff that he was doing on Punisher was fantastic. Punisher War Journal. And it just felt like it was inevitable that they would elevate him to the X-Men. And of course they did. And then he just put on the afterburners and blew everybody away. In my opinion, as I've said this many, many, many times, and I can I can absolutely state 1,000% Jim Lee's uncanny X-Men work is the best work that he has ever done and among some of the best work ever done in the comic book industry. Uh, I, 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 he stepped up. He had knowledge of the greatness of the X-Men lore, the, the, the John Byrne, the Dave Cockrum, the Paul Smith stuff. And he stepped into it and just crushed it. The extinction agenda stuff that he did is mind blowingly, uh, fantastic. It holds up to this day. The Wolverine battling Archangel, uh, Wolverine and Psylocke tearing through Genosha, that the, the Savage Land, uh, that the Carol Danvers Rogue uh, issue that Art Tiber inked, all that stuff, just so rich. The Magneto Kazar Savage Land, the the Uncanny X Men two seventy five, that stuff is brilliant, and it paved the way for the mega uh, breakthrough eight million selling X Men number one. And like I said, he hasn't done this in years. So did Marvel do the right thing? They absolutely 1000% did what anyone should have done. They went to the biggest uh, gun in the X-Men universe and said, because this generation, that is the sweetest of the sweet spots. Maybe the biggest move left in comics is to get Todd to come back to Spider-Man. But this is up there. Jim on X-Men. If Marvel had managed to secure him uh, and they did their best, 100%, they did their best. Marvel did everything that someone would, you would expect someone to do to try and land. Uh, You guys, had Jim Lee said this, so so let's close our eyes, let's imagine. Jim Lee says, yes, he's coming back to the X-Men. Back in announced San Diego or New York, pick pick one, one's, you know, late July, one's early October, somewhere in that window. Do you care about anything else? Is there anything else that you absolutely um, give a crap about no you just want that Jim Lee X-Men I'd be honest 
I, J- Jim Lee, we're not, we're not pals. We're not buddies. Uh, but it, had, had, had I been bothered to be asked, I'd say, D- this, is the, this is the move. You got to do this. This is the biggest move that you can make. Not re-signing, not re-upping, not continuing with DC Comics. I'm sure they are doing really great and, and your, your compensation is great. Who knows? I have a, I have a couple of buddies who work at some of these a different station, uh, uh, streaming companies, studios, stock options, all sorts of like uh, really sweet, you know, incentives. Okay. You know, I'm taking my kid to the, to the airport, fly him home, love him. Shout out Luke Liefeld. You'll never hear this, but, uh, and he's, he's telling me what PTO is paid time off. You guys, I've never had PTO in my life. If I'm not drawing, I'm not earning. I, I had to say, what's PTO? Dad, paid time off. What? And he gets like, you know, X amount of weeks a year that he gets to come home, go on a vacation, come, come to this, come back to Southern California, visit his friends, stay with us. And he's paid. I've never had that. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comparing my, my son to Jim Lee's salary. And I don't know what Jim Lee gets paid. I'm not going to guess. But it's obviously, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, he's an executive at a big entertainment corporation. And so again, nothing is better than having the number one entertainment company say, Jim, we'd like you to come back. Do I believe that there was a great uh, financial incentive for Jim to come back and do the X-Men? Also a legacy incentive? Of course there was. And, and, and I, I am sure that that was weighed, but I'm going to, now I'm going to pivot to my executive and my producer's buddies. Cause I'm going to tell you why it didn't happen. And it really wasn't anything. Uh, Marvel did everything they were supposed to do. They put a great deal on the table. They provided a great opportunity. Jim Lee was going to be the guy. Would you even give a shit about House of X? You'd just be like, Jim Lee's coming back to the X-Men. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Try and secure the guy most associated with, Jim, with, with X-Men. And you're going to say, but Rob, Chris Claremont. Yes, but it was with Jim Lee that it went to new heights. Just like it was with John Byrne that the book became legendary. And Jim had the good instincts to leverage his popularity to make John, Chris go back and revisit. We wanted the greatest hits. We wanted that stuff. We, we, we wanted, um, we, we absolutely wanted, uh, you know, to see sequels to those great stories. Go back to the Savage Land. Revisit, you know, the, Sh- the Shire and the Imperial Guard and Magneto and get the Hellfire Club back. I mean, he accomplished all those things. Chris was reluctant up until that point. Jim was like, hey, buddy, these are the stories I want to revisit. And they did. And we all collectively, you all collectively love them. What it came down to, and this is what uh, Jim has expressed to my executive buddies, to my producer pals, to my agent buddies. As Jim is absolutely looking towards his next step post DC Comics, <clears throat> you know, getting getting new new creations, new IP off the ground. Uh, hey, maybe maybe there's some deal to be cut with Wildstorm. I said maybe. I, I again, I'm I'm absolutely at this point speculating. What I'm not speculating about is what what, what he cited as the reason he didn't come back and uh, and do the X Men and. And, and what we haven't introduced yet is that since 2016, Jim hasn't done interior work. I, I can think of maybe two short stories for anniversary issues, but 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, we're now in 24. Uh, it's the Suicide Squad summer when he, when he did Suicide Squad and he was doing 10 pages an issue and the backup stories were 12 pages by somebody else. That is whenever he left that book, and I'm not sure how long he stayed on it. Was it issue seven? Was it issue 10? You tell me. It was a 10 page commitment for every issue. He then exited the stage and has been a cover guy. And again, maybe a couple of short stories. And, and, and for the most part, that's, that's been it. That's been it. But the, the stories and, and the reasons that he is giving because you got to understand, you think these people I'm talking about, my producer buddies, my executive buddies, my agent buddies, they're salivating. They grew up with that stuff. That's what they want. They, they were like, are you going to do the X-Men? Are you going to come back? 
even, even some of them are like, you can do more Batman? And what, what Jim has said is, uh, he just can't commit to taking the time to draw the work right now. So Jim has a young family. And I know as a, as a family guy, I remember it's uh, twice from 2000 to 2003, I did no work. I all but retired. We started popping out kids. Joyce started popping out kids, but I was helpful making them. Um, at least that's what she tells me. And we were all in the family way. And I did not have deadlines. I did not have anything to concern myself with at that time other than raising my family, enjoying my little babies. Jim has a young family. He has young kids. And drawing comics is incredibly time-consuming. And I remember the, 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 some really fun times in the early 90s and during the X-Men period. Jim would start drawing a page. And I think there's an entire... Is there 60 people at, at Wildstorm Studios that can verify this? Jim would start at midnight, start at 11 p.m., and he would draw till 6 a.m. in the morning. He would draw till sun up, go to bed, sleep all day, go into the office in the afternoon, and start his day. And that is the life of an artist. I would be on the phone with him. I, I always knew that I could call Jim midnight, 1, 2 in the, in the morning. And I remember when I was drawing Youngblood 6 or Youngblood Strike File. Uh, two or three and I would get Jim on the phone and we would talk for 90 minutes and we would laugh and we would talk about the industry we'd talk about image comics uh because I knew that Jim was up Todd wasn't up Todd was a nine-to-fiver Jim Valentino was a nine-to-fiver Jim was the quintessential night owl in I think a studio of a ton of night owls there were some guys who were night owls some guys and, and girls who were night owls at extreme studios and I knew that if I couldn't sleep and I drove to the office at midnight at 1 a.m. There was at least 10 people there. And they were inking and drawing, listening to music, doing their thing. There is a night owl proponent. And and uh so so what has been expressed, and and like I said, I can get you 10 people. So if you were to see Jim at a signing and say, Oh man, you almost did the X-Men, he needs to be honest with you and tell him that that was something he absolutely was considering but couldn't pull it off because of the commitment to draw the work given the the you know the life he has now because what are you gonna do you're gonna draw all night and then sleep all day while your kids live their lives when my kids when i quit the dc 52 and didn't work uh regularly in comics for a couple years it's because i was tired of seeing joy drive away with my kids to their sports stuff and and i was staying home to do hawkman uh deathstroke Hawking Dove, The Infinite, and I was also writing Grifter. It was the most work I had ever taken on. It was a shit ton of money, not going to lie to you, but it was like, I'm missing my kids growing up. I am missing them growing up. And so I pulled the plug. And after the 52, I didn't really get back into comics regularly again until 2015. So again, another three-year period, and I had a blast. And I didn't miss any basketball games. I didn't miss any football games. I didn't miss any soccer games. I was completely and totally present. Drawn comics is an absolute bear. And so Marvel did everything in their power to make that happen. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, if you're going to get, uh, <clears throat> you know, if they're going to give you uh, the bone, then, then they're going to ask you to guard the yard. Okay. And, and if they're going to ask you to guard, guard the yard, you're going to want the bone, okay? That, that's exactly how this thing uh, transpires. And if you're Marvel Comics and you're like, look, we will meet you, we will do this great deal, but you got you to do X amount of pages, you got to meet those deadlines. And I think ultimately it's just not in the cards right now. Do I believe that Jim Lee will do the X-Men again one day? I do. I 100% do. Do do. Was I shocked to hear that he wasn't going to do it? I was. Because I feel like the, the planets are aligned. If, if Jim Lee is your exit strategy out of the Krakoan age, you could almost just slot everything else right behind it and it will all work seamlessly because Jim is such the draw. He hasn't drawn the X-Men. Look, I'm not going to get the actual days, but let's call it two decades, okay? It's a, it's a long time. I am. I'm jealous. I wish that I had been away from my characters for two decades. So you could do the big, ooh, the big return. And, and uh, 
you know, like Todd and Jim, I mean, both of them have not really, I mean, aside from the, the, the price guide cover um, that Todd did with Spider-Man and Spawn, but he really doesn't partake in, in, in doing any regular Spider-Man stuff other than the occasional sketch cover or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so, so Marvel had the right idea. They had the right guy. It was just the wrong time. Jim couldn't do it, couldn't commit to it, couldn't give the time as a young family, and the executive position offers him that uh, more basic nine-to-five job. Again, you guys, like I said, I have executive buddies at big, giant companies, big, giant production companies, big, giant corporations. And for the most part, you, you, know, you get to clock out around six, you go home, you hang out with your family, and you, you start it all over again tomorrow at nine o'clock. You are definitely not starting a page at 11 o'clock and staying up till 6 a.m. and then being wiped out the following day and, and, and seeing your family half of the day. That's not happening. So I get it. Um, it, it was supposed to be a pivot. It, it would have been the easiest pivot at all. Think about your retailer. You're, you're like, we can't get out of this fast enough to get to this. Jim Lee back on the X-Men. And Todd back on Spider-Man are two of your biggest uh, destinations yet to, yet to come. And, and I believe both will occur. I do. I, I believe both will occur because, you know, remember when Hugh Jackman said he was never coming back to Wolverine? I'm done. I'm done. I've done it. I've said all I'm going to say. I'm so proud of Logan. And that was 2017. <laughs> and in 2024, you're going to see him uh, as Wolverine again. So, and, and, and it's cause he got that itch. He had that hankering, uh, maybe, maybe right deal, right time, whatever, right opportunity, whatever it was, you know, that impasse is gone. He now wants to embrace that again. People just have, I call it the hankering, the itch, you know, and I've always said that comic books is like a, 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 a curse. It's like a fever and it's, it's brutal. And I mean, there was times in the last couple of years when I'm doing my deadlines and I'm like, I do not want to be sitting here this afternoon drawing this. I want to be out in the pool. I want to be um, going to the beach. I want to be hanging out. You know, it's just, but there's a discipline that comes with producing those pages. So was Jim Lee approached? Was there an, an a, a, were there discussions? Was there an opportunity? Was there, you know, serious discussions? Yes. He stayed with DC and he'll play that out. And, and who knows, maybe DC will uh, continue and there'll be a new contract in his future. What's not happening is you're not getting a Jim Lee X-Men book this, you know, this summer. And uh, it would have been the easiest, easiest possible transition ever, ever. And it didn't happen for all the reasons, but it was going to happen. It was, it was talked about being, it was, it was, the intention was to bring you that. That was the intention. And you can't blame anybody for wanting to make that happen because that was absolutely the right move. I mean, Jim Lee doing X-Men again, doing Gambit. He's so identified with Gambit and Psylocke and Wolverine. And, and there's a bunch of you who just love Omega Red, like, 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 you know, Like I like Reese's peanut butter. Okay. I mean that, that, that is like you. So, so Jim is synonymous with all that stuff. And so look now it feels like, you know, then they had to start maybe putting together the other plan and, and the other plan will come together. And I mean, anybody else other than Jim is going to be a plan B. So plan B is not an insult here. It's, 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 it's a clever coining of a phrase. But if you're not going to be Jim Lee, if you're not going to do Jim Lee, uh, getting John Byrne and Terry Austin, that would be plan B also in comparison to getting Jim, B, Jim, Jim Lee to come back to X-Men, the 8 million uh, record-breaking, best-selling comic book of all time. You know, uh, that's, that's a giant rep. That's a big deal. Uh, Jim, Jim is, I do believe Jim will, will put out another body of work. It's just not now. It's, it's, it's what he's told my, my, my producer buddies, my executive buddies. I just can't. I don't have it in me right now. I can't. I have a young family. I need to be present. I can't do this. I get it. Everybody who's hitting the deadline today gets it. I'm, I'm recording this podcast after completing a page for a project, scanning it, uploading it, sending it to, to the colorist. And, and it, 
I started drawing it at, at 6 a.m. this morning and I drew till about 10. I jumped on the bike. I rode the bike for an hour. I got off the bike. I, I you know, lounged around, showered, got ready for the day, drew another hour, took a couple co- phone calls, had a couple meetings, uh, ran out the door at one twenty. got some lunch, was back by 2. I drew from 2 to 6. And then I watched Fargo. I watched uh, the Lakers wet the bed. And here I am with you now. So that, that, that is, that is uh, I have put in the hours to produce a page today. And it is, it is time consuming. And you don't mind doing it as much in the cold months. I'm going to tell you that right now. But when the summer hits, oh man, <laughs> you want to be out with those long days uh, experiencing, you know, the summer that we love so much. As much of a grind as the winter months are, like I said, just take my word for it. Those summer months, wow, they, they, they push you. They push you big time. Here's, here's, here's the other thing. I, I, I was just shocked uh, given the fact that there's going to be such an emphasis on the X-Men again this summer with, with Deadpool 3 coming out and, and all the, you know, again, uh, Jim is really synonymous with Wolverine and having Wolverine back front and center. Uh, I, I just feel like, I honestly believe this would have been one of the biggest events of the last 20 years. And look, I've already said, I'm on record. This is my guess. This is my feeling. But that, that, that he'll do it, that he will at some point revisit uh, the X-Men in some way, shape, or form. But to come back in the capacity that, that would have been necessary to facilitate uh, the deal and, and to fulfill the desires, I just couldn't come together. It was close. It was closer than anyone will admit to you. And as I said, uh, Jim is telling friends, you know, he just couldn't commit to it at this time. The, the, the deadlines um, are, are a bear. And again, he hasn't drawn interior since 2016. And uh, for, for, for there was that, you know, period, I guess from 2004, whether it was Hush or Man for All Seasons or... Uh, Batman and whatever the Frank Miller book was, uh, All Star, All Star Batman and Robin, and then, then the then the other Superman book, and then again the 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 ten pages in in Suicide Squad, and then that's been basically it. And and I don't know if you want to tell me, and Jim, you want to come on the show and tell me what you do for DC. We we all I I, I just don't know. I it, it's not something you know that that I'm aware of. And, and, and truth be told, in, in regards to the executive stuff, I, I have never, not one of my friends who went to the executive suite uh, didn't love it. They, they love it. It's, it's a great gig. It's, uh, it's, it's a great gig. It's a good life. And, uh, you know, none of us are, are, are young guys. I don't think I've mentioned uh, Jim's either pushing 60 or he is 60. Uh, Todd's 60, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jim is, is 59. I, I, I didn't check. But I, I know how creaky I am. And, I, and I'm the youngest guy. I'm the youngest of the peer group. And I'm, I'm weaky and creaky. And, you know, you know, oh, you wake up and you go, oh, crap. My, I don't feel like I'm 40 anymore. And when I was 40, I don't feel like I was 30 anymore. So, yeah. Uh, again, to all of you. 40 and 50 somethings carrying our industry. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do I think Jim Lee will do X-Men soon? I do. Uh, but, and, and is anyone other than him a plan B? Yes. So from, from Jim Lee to plan B was the buzz of the behind the scenes comic book uh, talk of the last, good God, since before San Diego. So, uh, you know, what are we doing here on Rob Observations if we're not keeping it current, right? And we still don't know. You know, they, they haven't announced uh, and, and, uh, what's, what's going on with those Xbooks. But let me tell you something. And, and some of you guys, some of you in the audience have pointed out to me that my Forbidden Fruit segments have been instrumental in kind of manifesting a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, you guys, underneath my desk is a short box and it still has Micronauts 1 through 12, my uh, newsstand beater copies so that I can access them because it's not out yet. The Micronauts Omnibus, the collection isn't out yet. Did I buy the reprint? Did I get the foil edition? Of course I did. 
But when I did that Forbidden Fruits podcast almost three years ago, that stuff wasn't happening. It had been out of reach. And, and by the time that stuff gets into print, let's say Micronaut stopped publishing in 83 or 84, 84, 94, 2004, 1430. Okay, it, we're looking at 40 years since this stuff has been collected. Okay, ROM, same thing. ROM, okay. Uh, there's some manifestation. Robservations is, 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 uh, is triggering some great manifestations. So maybe from Jim Lee to Plan B is another in our manifestation series where we just bang that drum and suddenly you're like, wait, what? So uh, I'm, I'm also anticipating my Logan's Run trade paperback with my George Perez, Klaus Jansen, brilliant issues. Come on, bring them on. Let's go. Uh, I, I, I can't, can't happen fast enough. But am I buying those ROM omnibuses? Am I buying those Micronauts omnibuses? Godzilla is coming. You guys, that stopped being published in, 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 in like 78. Okay, so, so we're looking at like, again, you're, you're plus 40 years on some of this stuff. I, I keyed some of you to the, to the fact that Marvel did an essential like 2013 whatever, an essential black and white collection of the, of the Marvel Godzilla stuff. And I've got a dedicated podcast. You should go listen to it right now if you haven't already. Marvel's Godzilla. I mean, he fought Avengers, Fantastic Four, um, what, Nick Fury, Spider-Man, Spider-Man even swings through the Godzilla series. And, and it's, being, it's being collected. Manifestation, the observations, manifestation effect. Come on, baby. That's what this is all about. That is... Uh, what 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 we're trying to do here? Talk about this stuff and get it going. It's happened. You know what? I know. It. No, you've pointed it out to me, and I, I I'm I'm amused. But I did kind of go what? Like pretty great, pretty pretty damn great. So you know, from Jim Lee to Plan B, maybe Plan B is Jim Lee. You know, coming on in a couple of years. Hey, you never know. Crazier things have happened and will happen. And I just thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me. And, and, and now you know what people in the comic book industry have been buzzing, buzzing about. Uh, maybe I'll tell you about the new DC plans next time, uh, but probably not. Everybody's, everybody's got something going on because the industry knows that they need some electricity. They need some crackalacking, uh, 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 juice. They they need they need some 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 excitement, and 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 the surge is is bound to come. It is bound to to happen because people are scheming. They're 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 planning. Me too. Been telling you, I got the secret project, but I can't tell you any more about it right now. But I can thank you for tuning in and listening to this. Uh, I sure hope you can move past the fact that you're like, wait, there were talks. That Jim Lee would be drawing Gambit and, and Wolverine and Omega Red. Oh, Omega Red. Um, like a Reese's peanut butter cup. You guys love him. So you just, you know, fun times. Keeping it current. Let's see what's to come. Let's see what what what, what what's gonna happen instead. Marvel did the right thing. They went after the right guy. It's just uh just, you know, right guy, wrong time. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for hanging out with me, uh, for, 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 for putting up with me. Look, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. This, this was better. Uh, man, that first episode back, I was wheezing. This, this, what this cough, this, you know, respiratory, the RSV illnesses. Um, they're just, I have to stop because I can't get air. Like, like I'm running out of air. I got brief, you know, punches of air and then suddenly i have to stop talking because it's like wait i I, i've cut off my oxygen supply that it's not it's not it's not getting there so but it's better this time than it was last time because man it really kicked me in the tail uh at the end of each and every episode you guys are so very generous with your reviews of this show and uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna share one of the latest and greatest uh reviews that was left for, for the Rob Observation Show, and, and, and you have to understand how very much I, I appreciate the, the, the energy you put into writing and leaving these reviews. And when you write them and when you leave them, 
I share them. I, I, I talk about them. And oh my gosh, you guys, can, can I tell you that the Alpha episode was the single biggest episode we've ever had in Rob's Observations? You guys are blowing me away. I, the, 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 the numbers, they do not, they do not lie, okay? And, and I am just so grateful. Uh, my buddy here uh, gave a very, uh, very succinct, very succinct review. And I'm going to share it with you. And his name is Fakid, son of the dad. He gave us five stars. He says, I love Rob. I think he is very overhated. And he is a good comic book professor. This is my favorite podcast. And I listen to it all day, every day. The kid, son of the dad. Thank you. You didn't have to write and say, such nice things and give us five stars, but you did. And it helps this, it helps this show. It helps our platform. It helps elevate our awareness. And you guys, uh, thank you for helping grow the audience. Thank you for being out there cheering the show on. I am so appreciative of you. When I am not broadcasting on, on, on observations and we are back, this new season is kicking off. It's kicking ass. Uh, when I am not doing this, I am all over social media on X Twitter. I'm never going to not call it Twitter, but I'm, I'm trying to really incorporate the X better. I am at Robert Liefeld. Find me there. I already mentioned that earlier in the show. R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. All one name. Blue check signifies I'm the real deal. Find me. Contact me. Talk to me. I love your replies, our mentions, our back and forth. I love talking to you guys on X, Twitter. Um, find me there at Robert Liefeld on Instagram. I show you what I'm drawing, what I'm recording, the stuff I'm doing with my, with my family, vacations, friends, food. Uh, I, I, it's one of my, if not my very favorite platform, Instagram, I'm at Rob Liefeld, just at Rob Liefeld, uh, blue check. It's me. Uh, thank you for interacting with me again. I read your messages, your interactions, your, your, your replies, your DMS. You guys are really generous and kind and wonderful to me on Instagram. And, and I'm going to start giving you sneak peeks very soon as to my special secret project that I haven't shown anybody. But I'm so excited to share it with you. And you're going to get glimpses of that over following me at Robert Liefeld at X and, and, and following me on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. Again, both have blue checks. Both have the, uh, the, the, the signify that it, I am the legit, real deal, holy field, and, 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 and not some weird imitation. Over on Facebook, we have a group, Rob Liefeld, Marvel, Extreme, and Beyond. That's the name of the group. Myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, Terry Sala. You'll know that you're at the right place when you see both of our names or one of us will click you through. We have art contests. We share um, comic book stories. So many of the conversations that we have here go deeper there and uh, sharing comics, stories, art. Again, art contests, really fun group. Invite you to be a part of it. I am on there each and every day talking to each and every one of you and it is such a fun group. We have such a good time. Uh, Whatnot is an app the greatest of all the collectible apps. And I would invite you to download the whatnot app. Get it. You want trading cards. Uh, uh, you, you want, you want, uh, you know, role-playing cards, sports cards, Funko Pops, action figures, comic books, silver age, bronze age, modern age, whatever. Download whatnot. Great interface. Just incredible app. And, and follow me, Rob Liefeld. You'll get notifications when I go live. I generally, when I get back at it, I do it. Wednesdays and Saturdays or Wednesdays and Fridays, we generally try and do two a week. Uh, I think I may probably start doing a little more with this new project I have, but you got to follow me. You'll get notifications when I go live and, and I am there. I am there the entire time talking into the camera with I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, remarks on comics. I'm, I'm drawing remarks on Funko Pops, on action figures, uh, doing special uh, uh, chisel versions of my, 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 uh, my, my signature, the Liefeld uh, blood splatter chisel. You got to see it to believe it. And you're going to see it if you get on whatnot and follow me, Rob Liefeld on whatnot, and you'll get notified when I go live with my next show. I hope the new year is kicking all sorts of major ass for you. I hope it's, it is, is, it is off to a great, magnificent, fantastic, amazing start. And, and I am rooting you on. I hope your spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional, uh, beings are in the best place they can possibly be. Again, take that time off this new year, this first uh, weekend, uh, get away, get in your lounge chair, your bean bag, 
your comfy sofa, read a book, read a comic, watch a movie, go out, have 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 great food with your with your friends, Italian, Mexican. Uh, uh, if you're like my family, they they can't do enough pokey and sushi. Good God, we're keeping the the pokey and sushi places alive in in my hometown with just every other member of of the Liefelds not named Rob. So hey, and you know. I shared, I got so many. My wife even said, I'm not buying you Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because you got such a giant haul from Christmas. And, 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 and I, people gave me big cups, two pound, two pound Hershey cups. I mean, I, I am so stoked. That is my pleasure center. That is my special happy place. And it lasts, it lasts about 60 seconds every single day. It's so great. I love it so much. Hey, thank you for listening. Please uh, come back around. We are just getting started. I'm going to be here. We will most certainly, absolutely, and inevitably talk again real soon. 